Welcome back to Eric's Mediocre Adventures. I'm still working on getting a song. I'll say you're very consistent. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're back with another uh, Batman episode with my boy Maddie. Yay. Yay. Uh, this will be probably the first of the last of the Batman ones, depending on what we do after this, but... This is the last of the four Batman movies we had in mind, and we'll probably get two of them done in this episode and two of them done in another. And then we'll be done with Batman for now! Woo! But yeah, so we are doing uh, the, the last four, which we mentioned at the end of the last one that we are doing, is Son of Batman, uh, Batman vs. Robin, Batman Bad Blood, and Batman Hush. Uh, I don't know your history with these, but the only one of these I had seen before this was Son of Batman, which I had seen once. The rest of them were all first-time viewing. Uh, I've seen... I've definitely seen Batman... Uh, Batman vs. Robin and Son of Batman once before each. And I think I might have even seen Bad Blood, or at least like a, a portion of it. And I didn't like it, so I turned it off. And I haven't watched Hush. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not really going to do any news, because the only news to talk about is spoilerly news, and I know not everyone's caught up on the things that I would talk about, so I'm not going to do that yet. Um, I'll probably do an episode myself talking about The Mandalorian and his Dark Materials finales anyways, which will I'll spoil it then. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get right into... The first movie we're going to discuss, uh, Son of Batman, and we're doing these ones in, I guess, the technical chronological order. So the release date, but also uh, they're all connected technically. They're Son of Bat, like the rest of them are sequels to Son of Batman, technically, in this weird new DC universe, animated universe. Universe. Yeah. <laughs> So Son of Batman uh, came out in 2014, and it's based on uh, Grant Morrison's run uh, on the Batman and Son storyline. And the Batman and Son storyline was uh, not technically the introduction of Damian Wayne, uh, because the son of the Bat had been introduced back in the 80s. Is um, I don't know how to say his name because it is very Arabic, but it was like Ibn Ibn Al something. Uh, <laughs> And that was back in like, geez, that was back in the eighties, I think, where they did that. And then yeah, I think it's like eighty six. Yeah, everything and, it seems. Yeah, and then you never really heard of anything else about that until uh, Grant Morrison decided to do Son of Batman, um, or Batman and Son, technically, uh, in which you learn that Talia had essentially. They they kind of take this in and out, so it's not always this, but either she drugged him. And they had a kid. Uh, well, she got pregnant, and then she uh, ha had the baby made in, like, an external womb or whatever. Or it was consensual, but then she still hid the pregnancy and, and, and all that. And Damien resulted. Uh, the comic, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've read it, is very, very different. Um, the, co the only thing I think that's in common is, obviously, the main part about Damien and such uh, and the the bats, the man bats and that's about it 
uh, everything else they kind of introduced here is is brand new. Yeah, that's kind of a, a trend through these new movies that we're talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> how things are similar and also also different from their source material. Yeah, it's something I complain about a lot in, in other ones. So yeah, so his name, I just found it, is uh, Ibn al-Zufash. That's no way I pronounce that right. But uh, he comes from the Son of the Demon storyline, and then he is also in Kingdom Come, uh, where he is in love and married to the daughter of Dick Grayson and Starfire. I don't know if you've ever read, read Kingdom Come, but it's lit. I have not. So Kingdom Come, it's a bit of a tangent, but Kingdom Come is essentially like a, uh, it's very similar to Dark Knight Returns in that like they, they were kind of told to stop superheroing. And a lot of them didn't, and some did, and some other bad stuff happened. I can't, I can't really remember all of it. But it takes place in the future, so like Superman's an old man, it's when he's got like the gray swirl uh mm -hmm. batman has like has been broken so he has like that metal thing that lets him like walk all that stuff it's pretty cool and the art is really uh the art is really neat it's what i would i would recommend but anyway <laughs> as i was saying this movie came out in 2014 uh they used the voice cast like anyone that carried over in this one they used the voice cast from the other films so, like the early justice league movies like justice league war uh the Prince of Atlantis or Throne of Atlantis, whatever. So Jason Amara is is back here as Batman, and we'll get to our thoughts on him later. But he he's the Batman in all these four movies. Um, a kid named Stuart Allen plays Damien, and he's the voice of Damien in all these movies. And uh, that's pretty much the only two main people. But we'll talk about the other ones as we as we get to them, I suppose. But yeah, I, I didn't recall much about this movie before I watched it, other than like I, I distinctly remembered that Roz dies and that Deathstroke was probably the one that killed him. <laughs> sort of, yeah. That's all I remembered. And then I also remembered that I did not like the voice actor for Damien. I, I didn't like him. I couldn't stand him. And it's why I never really watched any of the other ones. Uh, so I, I've only, like I mentioned, I've only seen this one. I saw one of the Teen Titans ones. And then I, I just stopped because <laughs> mm. I, I couldn't stand him, uh, which is strange because Damian Wayne is one of my favorite Robins. Uh, to be honest, though, I like most of the Robins a lot. <laughs> so favorite Robins, not really like a big thing, but most Did of his uh, voice acting improve for you the next second time around? You watch nope. this or what? Nope. Oh, nope. I hate really? him. Yeah, I hate him so much. Uh, <laughs> but um even though, like, I'd seen Dick uh, in movies and TV shows, he's like the, he was the most prominent Robin for most people uh, outside of comic books. Damien was my first Robin because when I started reading comic books, that's who, who Robin was at the time because he just stepped into being Robin for Dick. Uh, so I, I like seeing him be such a prominent character in these. I just wish I liked the voice actor more. <laughs> I actually really like him. Yeah, you said that before, and, and, and I was just as baffled then. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the complaints, like, that, 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 that people weren't a fan, but I don't know. I, I thought it, his high-pitched arrogance was very suiting. 
I go onto a little. I'm I'm going through my notes, so I'm not going to skip to it. But I I go on a little tangent about why I don't like his voice later, if I remember correctly. I, <laughs> I look forward to it. All right. So yeah, this movie kind of starts. Uh, we start at the League of Assassins, or is it the League of Assassins or League of Shadows in this? I can never remember. League of Assassins. League of Assassins. Okay. So we start there, and Roz is Roz Raish Raz uh, is showing Damien, I guess, what he's going to inherit. <laughs> And then someone attacks. And I remember sitting here thinking, why does Roz sound so familiar? At first I thought it was because it was voiced by the same guy who voices Cyborg. But it's not. He's voiced by uh, Juan Carlo Esposito, who uh, many of us will know as uh, Moff Gideon from The Mandalorian. Others will know him from Breaking Bad. I've never watched that show, but I've heard he's in it. Oh, uh, God. He was a wolf <laughs> in The Jungle Book, which was pretty lit. <laughs> But yeah, so in this scene, I, I guess we're we're introduced to the the important part of Damien's other side of his family. So you meet Raish, you meet uh, Talia, you meet Dusan, who looks so much older than <laughs> than her brother or her sister. No, wait, <laughs> maybe I did. <laughs> maybe something's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> so Dusan like, is Dusan is Talia's brother. And Raish's son, uh, and he looks so much older than both Raish and Talia. Like, but, anyways, uh, it starts with an action scene. Destro rolls up with his own group of ninjas, and we get a lot of people dying and a lot of blood, like so <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah, which I kind of appreciate. I like that the story is being taken seriously, and it's not just a, a movie for children, which is kind of something that we talked about last time. Um, I do think it's funny though that all the disposable ninjas and mercenaries look exactly the same. <laughs> See, that's one thing I wasn't a fan of. Like, unless you're paying attention really closely, like you can hardly tell the difference between the two of them. Yeah, and I know th- I know what they were trying to do, or at least what I assume they're trying to do is like they're showing that where he came from, them his his minions will look like what he's familiar with, which is another thing I have a problem with later, and I'll talk about it, but. I, I'm assuming that's what they were going for. But we get to see uh, everyone kind of fight. Uh, Talia kicks some butt, and she has a crazy deep V for some reason. Like, at all times. <laughs> we also actually get to see bits of how skilled Roz actually is, which you you don't actually get to see much, surprisingly. Like, usually he's an, a character who's in the background, and he's like a puppeteer. So you don't actually see him fight all that much. Like, in Arkham City, other than the weird, like, woohoo, I'm drugged fight you have with him, you don't really see Raish do anything, like, super crazy. In the animated series, he doesn't really do anything ever. <laughs> in in Batman Begins, you see him fight a bit, but not a whole lot. And then in um, Arrow, he fights a few times, and he fights well, but then he gets beaten by Oliver Queen, which is kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's not, like, when it comes to, like, the media, I guess, he isn't depicted as being too action, action-oriented as a char- of a character, but, like, I know uh, one of, like, the bigger key issues for uh, Batman comics has is the one where Raish beats Batman in the duel. So, I mean, like, you know the guy can throw down. Well, that's yeah. It's, he's been alive for hundreds of years, 
training. Yeah. Like he, you, you, can, you sh- he should be able to fight, and you actually see it in this because he's taking on all these ninjas. He's deflecting bullets with his like with his sword. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, then Deathstroke shows up, and he sounds. His voice actor sounds like Mufasa, but not like a good Mufasa. It's like a bad Mufasa. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't I didn't like it. Uh, but ever since Arrow, the only Slade I ever want to hear is Manu Bennett. Everyone else sounds strange to me. Like, I know he's not supposed to be Australian. He is an American, like, character. But I've, I just liked Manu Bennett so much that that's, that's what I expect to hear. And it's what I want to hear. Yeah, I agree. He, uh, his death stroke was amazing. And, like, in this, uh, like, Thomas Gibson I wrote down. Yeah. Like, I'm not familiar with his work. And I wasn't a big fan of his uh, of his Deathstroke either. Yeah. So all I know about him, I think, is that he's in Criminal Minds, which is a show I never watched. But <laughs> but it, it wasn't it wasn't great. Uh, I also don't like why they decided to make this weird addition where Slade was part of the League of Assassins. Like I'm pretty sure that's not happened. Like I don't know why they added that to his origin, other than to like have a plot line for this movie I mean the thing is is I don't know I haven't read up too much and I'm not too too familiar with Deathstroke but I mean I know that he's super super skilled and it stands to reason that in his journey you know his origin and stuff like that that he would have come across all these different like masters and people like Bruce kind of did so it would kind of make sense for a super awesome assassin guy like Deathstroke to have been a part of the League of Assassins? Yeah, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but I am I am quite familiar. Like, I've read a lot of his solo books and a lot of the books where he's been, like, the the villain in. And he, he became so skilled because he was special ops, and then he was also, like... He's essentially Captain America. Like, mm. like Deadpool was made as a parody of him, if I remember correctly, of, yeah. of Deathstroke. So it's kind of that same thing. He was tested and experimented on, and he became like a essentially a super soldier. And and then he just became an assassin for hire after that. But according to his Wikipedia page, he was part of the League of Assassins at some point. But I I can't personally recall when that was. Um, but yeah. Oh, okay. He was hired by them like very very recently. So that's a new thing. But anyways, I thought it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, Deathstroke kills Raish uh, to the point that the pit can't save him, I guess. So Talia decides to take Damien to Gotham. Uh, Talia here is voiced by Marina Baccarin, who we've discussed before uh, ourselves, of Gotham, Deadpool, and Firefly fame. Uh, she's the wife of Ben McKenzie, who we've also discussed on this. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're quite the little uh, DC family didn't quite realize but like they've uh they've been circling a lot of the superhero work for quite a while well yeah and i recently learned too that there's an uh an episode in season four that ben directed and then there's also episodes he's he wrote of gotham so like yeah so he he got really really deep into it but yeah so here's my rant on the uh the the voice actor (laughs) and this is what i wrote i'll just read what uh from from damien's first line i don't care for his voice I don't mind kid voice actors or general actors, but something about this kid's voice just, just does not fit how I picture Damien, which is true. 
uh, I always expected him to have a more like arish, ugh, aristocratic kind of voice. So like borderline British or Europeanish with hints of English in it. Like you haven't gotten to it yet, but Alexander Sadiq plays Raish in Gotham. And his voice is like that. It's that kind of that Arabic accent, but it's very British because you can tell that they've been like colonized by Britain. Like I expected that because there's no reason he should sound American, especially not right away. He's been trained solely. He's only lived and been trained solely by the League of Assassins in uh, Nanda Parbat, which is somewhere in Asia. So that's that's at first that's the main thing that bugged me about it. It's just that he doesn't sound like how he should in my mind, and then that I also just I don't think the kid's a good actor. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I kind of yeah, it's weird. I kind of had a a different uh thought on on that because and I I like that you said because it's only been what I've discussed with they say under the red hood and some other movies like, Oh, that voice doesn't like match up with how I feel like that character should, should be and all this other kind of stuff. So it's funny to hear it coming from you now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like for me, I, I didn't really look at, uh, like when I'm looking at the voice actor for, for Damien and any of the other characters, I guess, for example, um, if the, I know they come from like a foreign, like background, if they don't sound too foreign, like Raish, for example, I don't really care too much if he sounds foreign because I'm like the dude's been around for 600 years. He travels probably all over the world. Like he's probably got quite a bit of a variety in how he talks. Um, Damien, you know, it's not so much about like the exoticness in his voice and how it's kind of portrayed that way for me. But I liked his. Uh, his delivery of his lines I thought were really great. That's just me, though. Yeah, fair like, enough. <laughs> I think he's uh, like the arrogance and his like overconfidence and his. You can tell like he's come from wealth and privilege in a lot of ways. I feel like all of that still comes through, like especially when he's talking to Alfred for the first time. He's ordering like his tea and everything like that, like. I just thought that all, all that kind of voice acting work was really good, but I could see why some people would be like, it doesn't make sense. And where he does have like a higher pitched kind of voice is kind of like, it's annoying for anybody in general. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't mind the pitch. Like he's, he's a child. Like it's, it's, we'll get to like, when we get to Batman versus Robin, there's a flashback, like a pretty, it's decently lengthy where with a young Bruce, and I think that voice actor would have been much better suited, like if if they had him playing Damien, I would have been fine with that. Mm. And his voice is, is like the pitch isn't what bothers me. I just I don't I I don't enjoy his delivery, and then I also like like I I would have said I don't I don't think his voice fits, and then, and it bugged me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I don't mind Jason. Morass, or however you say his name, uh, Jason O'Mara. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind his Batman. Um, I actually quite enjoy it most of the time, especially when he is Batman. Like he's a serviceable Batman. I just think he isn't too great at express- expressing emotions initially, 
and we don't see much of his Bruce, but I just when we do see some of his Bruce, I don't think it's great. I think I feel like it's too Batman still. Yeah. Uh, what I do love though is how he just seems so tired most of the time. Like he just always sounds tired. <laughs> man, he's billionaire by day, a superhero by night. Like I'd be tired too, man. Yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, so we get to the scene where she Talia goes to give Bruce uh, Damien, and at the scene they pretty much just straight up acknowledge that Talia technically raped Bruce. Like they, they just they outright say it. Um, and then also, for some reason, she changed into a super revealing dress for this, just to give him Damien. <laughs> Whatever greases the wheel, man. Yeah. <laughs> I do note, though, that uh, I like how sassy Damien is. I can respect that. <laughs> yeah. The actual, like, delivery aside, I enjoy the content of the lines. But then we also get sassy Alfred uh, from it, and that's my favorite kind of Alfred, as you mentioned, during the tea request. <laughs> yeah. No, Alfred in these movies is just a consistent standout for me. <laughs> but uh, from here, we pretty much get right into the um, the gist of the storyline, which is the for some reason they decided to include the Man Bat storyline in this, which felt unnecessary to me. Like I know that they they did it because the Man Bat storyline is the storyline in the comic for the Son of Batman. But it doesn't really fit here. Like, I feel like they easily could have done without it. And the movie could have just been a fight between Slade's men and the League with Batman in the middle. So, like, just have Slade trying to get Damien or, or something. Like, I feel like yeah. the Man-Bat stuff was just, was just them trying to stuff in another storyline. And that's one of the things... That was one of the points that I kind of uh, focused in on. It's, like... Um, the relationship between Bruce and Damien is a really, really compelling uh, thing to focus on. And they, they do it more in like the next movie, but in this one, it's very underutilized. But then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, you got Deathstroke. And you got like his revenge with Damien that he wants to work through. But then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, you got all this man-bat stuff. Like, you didn't need the man-bat stuff. Yeah. Like, I get that, like, you need. I don't even know if you, that if it's even warranted still, but like, Deathstroke is a cool enough character. He's super OP anyway. Like him, maybe going on his own little rampage against Damien and all that kind of stuff would have been more than enough. And then focusing on the Bruce and uh, Damien story instead of being like, oh, there's a bat experiment and there's this doctor and his family and there's all this stuff. It just it seemed like bloat that was not needed. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. If they, if they would have taken the the time, all the time they spent on the man bat stuff and spent it, like put half of it towards increasing the death stroke storyline and half of it towards uh, strengthening the relationship or doing more with Bruce and Damien, I think this movie would have been ten times better. Yeah, uh, we also get to see a bunch of ninjas and Talia doing the Naruto run in this, which is hilarious. <laughs> Classic classic uh talia gets captured here and then we get to see batman go to arkham and we get uh cameos by the joker and harvey dent and i think the riddler might have one i can't remember but uh batman at this point gets into a fight with a gorilla bat which very quickly dies like (laughs) he kind of kills the gorilla bat (laughs) 
Well, I mean, that's not a person, right? Well, <laughs> why can he kill animals? <laughs> that's mean. Yeah. Because they don't have any feelings. To quote that song from Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But seriously, that, that gorilla thing was terrifying. I don't know how it flew at all with its tiny little wings, though. Yeah. But anyways, this, this brings me to my next complaint. Uh, Damien's storyline here is he's tracking uh, a former League of Assassins member named Nobu, who he suspects is working with Deathstroke. Uh, I feel like the Man-Bat storyline and stuff took away from this because we have no idea before this who nobu is why nobu's relevant or anything we just get a hint that nobu likes uh he has a weird kink and we find out that that weird kink is just prostitutes i guess which isn't that weird but all right <laughs> uh but damien goes to fight him and nobu uh jacks bronze bronze tigers like motif with the hand claws and they fight uh, one thing I did really appreciate about this, though, is I do like that little Damien makes this massive man run away. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just he just gives him a beating. Uh, and then Nightwing shows up, and he saves Nobu from death by the angry ninja baby. <laughs> he beats Damien's ass. Uh, I did also appreciate that, when Nightwing gave, gave Damien a bit of a whooping of his own. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, and this is one of the things that I didn't like in this movie, and then also in the next one, um, Damien has like no scratch on him by the looks of it when Nightwing like wraps him all up but Nightwing looks battered <laughs> like he's cut all over um, I think that's like to, to like it's to make the point that Damien is using like lethal weapons and Nightwing was not I guess so but holy smokes but yeah I, I didn't I didn't notice that personally um <laughs> And then this is another thing. So I made this complaint. <laughs> I have a lot of complaints about this movie. But I made this complaint in the Dark Knight Rises about... Or not Rises, uh, Returns. About Carrie. And how easy it was for her to become Robin. Yeah. This movie does it again. When it shows how easy it was for Damien to become Robin. Even though he was bad boy. And almost did the murder. He still gets to become Robin. And then he immediately messes up on their first outing. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, Man Bat Ninjas show up, <laughs> obviously, and they fight them. Uh, and it's just, at this point, like, I just made another note that was really like, we did not need this. <laughs> the plot really should have just been Damien meeting his father, them coming to terms with each other, and then the league squabble. Yeah. No, if you. <sighs> Like again, Deathstroke alone would have been enough motivation for Damien to do all the his Damien stuff that he's already doing in this in this movie, and then Batman trying to like talk him down, work through him the whole time. Yeah. Um, I agree, but the whole Robin thing was too easy because, like, within five minutes, Nightwing's literally like, "You, I know you want to be Robin, but it's not going to happen." And then all of a sudden, Batman's just like, yeah, you're not going to like this, but he's coming up with me, and he's going to wear the Robin costume. Yeah, so like, so first off, <laughs> no, at no point was it ever expressed or shown or hinted at that Damien wanted to be Robin. Other than uh, there's, there's only one slight moment right before Dick says this when Damien's looking at the Robin costume. That's yeah. it. <laughs> it's definitely a read between the lines. 
Yeah, like it's it's very different from the comic. Where in the comic he sees, like, I'll just say they did Tim Drake dirty once again. Like, once again they decide to ignore Tim Drake exists in a movie when he's supposed to be there because he's a pretty major part of the comic storyline. Like under the Red Hood, he's fairly important. Not in the movie, Son of Batman. He's fairly important. He's not in the movie, but in the comic, uh, Damien's. It's not even that he wants to be Robin. He wants to just prove that he's better than the kids that his father adopted. Mm-hmm. So he, like, beats up da- uh, Tim, almost kills him, and then steals the Robin costume. Like, I would have just preferred if we saw, like, Nightwing say, you're not going to be Robin. And then Damien, or Bruce being like, and you're staying here. And then he steals yeah. the costume anyways and goes. Like, yeah. I feel like they they was it, they just did this weird. Yeah, no, I agree. It uh, I appreciated, and this is obviously one of the things that uh, you kind of pick up during the movie a little bit, but that would be different than I guess the source material. But uh, you get the sense that Damien wants to just be like he wants to be Robin, like he wants to be that son to his father that he never knew like the legendary batman like he wants to be that guy uh you know that's beside his dad the whole time and i mean that's just how i kind of took it even though it doesn't like you said it doesn't tell you you're like reading between the lines and how he reacts to certain things you're like okay this is what the kid wants um but like it comes off weird at times with how like um Like, he wants to do all this stuff, but he completely goes against everything that these people he's trying to essentially impress or show up. I don't know if that makes sense at all to you, but, like, he wants he wants to be this thing. But to be this thing, he's going to do the opposite of what those people he wants to impress wants him to do anyway. Um yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense at all to you, but yeah, no, and and and, I, and I, even I understand the the reading between the lines thing. I just think they did a poor job of setting up those lines for me to read between. <laughs> like, yeah, like the only reason I know that is because I know the source material, and I know that like Damien had kind of been. He didn't even really know who his father was, but once he knew, he pretty much was told that he was meant to be like his father's heir. So he's like. My father's Batman, so I'm the next Batman. And that's just... And he's, like, been setting out to prove to his father that he should be the next Batman, and it's just... He's kind of grown out of that a bit, but that was, that was like, his initial... His initial shtick. Yeah. And in this movie, they kind of they kind of don't do a great job of it because he's more focused on being uh, the next Ra's al Ghul rather than being the next Batman. But, yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Damien stupidly decides to go alone to try to save his mommy, which is which is funny because you know that's how Jason got got. <laughs> you shouldn't really try to go anywhere alone. Uh, but Bruce saves the day, and then Damien beats Deathstroke, but decides not to kill him because he is his father's son. And I felt this was super unearned. <laughs> the movie did not have enough time to set up this relationship. And to strengthen the whole don't kill people thing, aside from one or two short conversations they had about it, 
Like, I thought it was just one, and I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that there might have been more than one. <laughs> but uh, there wasn't many, and they weren't long. No, yeah, and that's just it. It's, uh, it's the downside of how they decided to spread spread their time out. Like, a much more focused... Like, the movie's called Son of Batman, and they spent most of the time... I almost feel like they spent most of their time apart, weirdly enough. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but, like, it, they, I feel like they spent more time apart because um, Damien's running off and doing his own thing and, you know, having issues with Dick and being snarky with Alfred and running off and trying to save Talia. Like, when it comes time to, yeah, like, save... Or not save, but don't kill Deathstroke. It's just like... I told you not to do it, so don't do it. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. Do... <laughs> fair enough, my guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and be a good kid now. It's like, yeah. come on, man. It, it was very unearned. Um, like in the comics, if I remember correctly, it's the joy of being Robin, and then the feeling of like belonging with his father and stuff that makes him choose to refrain from killing. And we don't really get that here. He just all of a sudden chooses not to. And I think it would have been easily solved by a line or two just overtly hinting that he had heard stories about Batman and Robin and that he wants to be Robin or that he wanted to be Batman or that like his goal was to be Batman or something so that when Bruce says to be Batman, you don't kill, he goes, okay, to be Batman and to be my father's son, I can't kill. Like, they could have done a much better job by hinting at that and, and all it would have taken was a couple of lines uh, they like they hint at it, but it's it's very barely. It's like a blink and you miss it kind of thing. It's very strange, but uh... in the source material, I can't because I haven't. I still haven't caught up to that stuff yet. Um, does Damien know that Batman is his dad from like a really really young age, and he's growing up and he's learning about like you know obviously the League of Assassins and all that kind of stuff, but he, he knows who his dad is. Cause this movie is just like, hey, I'm going to tell you your dad is... We're going to Gotham to see your dad. We have a 12-hour flight. I'll give you all your info. Yeah, um, so in the New 52, uh, when they did that, they made they, they showed more of his background, and it, he, he essentially had this thing with his mom where, like, she told him, if you can ever beat me in a fight, I will tell you who your father is, and I don't think he ever beats her until like they leave to go join Bruce. So he find mm. he finds out then. Um I feel like that's kind of the same. I think I think he only finds out when she has to tell him. But I can't really I can't really recall. I think you're right. I think I recall seeing something somewhere about how she wouldn't tell him unless she beat him in a fight. Well, that, that that is a thing that 100% happened, because I, I, I remember it. I have the issue. Uh, yeah. But that was a new 52 thing. So I don't know if it was like that before. But I, th I think it was. Let's see who else. You know, one thing, uh, and it's super prevalent in these movies, uh do you find Damien's a little too OP? Oh, yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> but... I'm like, he beats up Nightwing, which I touched on a little bit earlier. 
Um, even if Nightwing win, wins, he's clearly beaten up. Uh, he beats up, he almost kills Deathstroke when they first meet. Yeah. Blinds him. And then he beats him later. I can't recall if it's this movie or maybe the next one where he actually beats up Batman a little bit. <laughs> That's the next one, yeah. So, and it's just like, holy smokes. Yeah, so... Um... It, it's kind of understandable that he'll be that he'd be incredibly skilled because he'd been trained from his birth like as soon as he could walk to like for essentially nine years he's been trained how to kill so like he's he's good at that and the thing that's supposed to like temper him and make him less skilled is when he joins Batman and Batman's like you can't kill you can't be so aggressive you have to tone it down so he has to learn how to adapt to that which makes him a little less OP but yeah, and even in these, he's he's particularly OP. <laughs> yeah, it it felt really weird to me, and I'm like, this, like I get it, you know, the whole being trained from a young age thing. But I'm like, Dick was trained from an older age, sure, but like he probably did way more acrobatic training, and for the longest time, he trained alongside Batman. I imagine Batman's training is probably way better than Raish's training. Uh, it's, it's hard to say, but yeah. Um, so the thing about Damien in the comics, too, is that, that I don't think Talia was aware of this, and if she was, then she's just a terrible person. But Roz's plan was always to, to like grow and train this child and then take over his body like mm. as his like new host. Um, so he would have been trying very hard to make sure he was in peak condition and, and he'd been like genetically experimented on to be like peak like a peak human when he was born like they did some like some trickery but so he he's very talented because even in the comic like he beats tim drake and tim drake had been uh tim drake had been trained by like lady shiva and stuff i was trying to remember her name <laughs> um, but the usually what what in the comics what leads him to beating someone like tim or, or or whoever he fights it's usually because he's overly violent and they're kind of holding back kind of thing but yeah he's i don't think he is as op in the comics as he was in these in these movies mm. But anyways, yeah, I think I think it was a decent movie. Uh, it wasn't great by any means. I think the action scenes were the best part, but that that was about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it uh, it wasn't bad. Like I was entertained, and you know, for me, my entertainment mainly came from watching Damien. But um, I thought for what it was, it was pretty good. I would have liked to have seen more Batman and Robin relationship building, but. Yeah, definitely. It was not the worst one that I had to watch. <laughs> I think of of the ones I've watched, uh, I think it was the worst one, but that's just me. Um, Bad Blood might have been the worst, but they're, they're close. <laughs> I also, they are close. I also don't really get why Damien's hair gets all floofy when he's in the Robin uniform. Like, whenever he puts on the Robin costume, it looks like he has a perm. Maybe he gels his hair, man. Maybe. <laughs> he doesn't want people to know there's Damian Wayne. So he so he poofs up. <laughs> he gets a nice little bouffant. <laughs> yeah. All right. Screw hiding your voice. Hide your hair. Yeah, but that's actually you were talking about how you were playing Arkham City. Uh, 
it's a fun fun little fact for the people. Uh, if you've played Arkham City but you're not familiar with Damian Wayne, the hood as part of the Robin costume was a Damian edition. That was uh, Damian's costume was the first Robin one to have the hood. Oh, the one on Tim. Yeah, and then they've they've now given it to Tim in in a few different iterations of stuff. He's had the hood. But that that is a Damian thing, just like how um, the red and black Robin suit was a Tim thing that they then gave to Dick in Young Justice. So, like, they they like to steal backwards. <laughs> Everyone just likes to take from Tim. It's really all yeah, it is. Poor Tim, man. Like, <laughs> Hey, you know what, though? He was in Return of the Joker. He was. And, he, <laughs> and he's in Young Justice, so... Go so Tim. he's coming out winning. No, he's still losing. <laughs> but he's doing better. <laughs> uh... All right, so the next one's uh, Batman vs. Robin from 2015, I believe. Uh, yes, 2015. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said, I don't really know anything about this movie. Uh, I had never seen it before I watched it for this. All I knew was that the Court of Owls were involved and that Robin fights Batman at some point, hence, hence the name. <laughs> uh, beyond that, all I knew was that this was a follow-up to the Son of Batman movie. The cast was the same except for the new people of course um and i like before watching i noted this and i still feel the same after uh the court of hours probably should have been given their own movie Mm -hmm. it should not have been a shared movie with other storylines they should have been given either their whole like entire movie or or more (laughs) like yeah i have a lot to say on that one um i only recently in the last few months actually sat down and read the court of owls uh story arc by scott snyder and i loved it i thought it was awesome and then i when i rewatched this movie i'm like oh i'm so disappointed yeah for so many reasons and i agree it definitely needed uh more focus than it was given and i really think the fact that they try to split it with more like uh son of batman kind of stuff really made it suffer like if what we talked about with the last movie, like if it was just purely Batman and Robin versus like Deathstroke and that sort of thing, and then this one was almost entirely Court of Owls, that would have been fine. Yep, because but, like so, I read the Court of Owls literally two days ago. I read it again. Like I finished reading it again, um, and I wanted to read it again because uh, I'm watching this, but also I watched Gotham, and and I was very disappointed by how the the court was treated in Gotham as well. So I wanted to come and, and, and like get a cleansing of sorts. <laughs> like in the Court of Owls, while the Robins, plural, are, are present, the only one who really shows up for more than a page is Dick. Mm-hmm. And it's only because Dick is relevant to the Court of Owls story. Other than that, it's pretty much a Batman solo story. Like, and I, I don't know why they felt they couldn't just adapt that. The only thing I can think of was, like, they had, like, they must have decided at some point, okay, like, we gotta do, we're gonna do a bunch of these DC movies, they're all gonna be connected, and, like, Damien's super popular, so let's have him in there, and, like, maybe some of the complaints, because I obviously wasn't paying attention at the time, but, like, some of the complaints from Batman and, uh, sorry, Batman, Son of Batman, was, like, the relationship wasn't that developed, and blah, blah, blah. So they're like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity. We'll get like, two birds, one stone, build up the relationship some more, 
get the Court of Owls that everyone's like super excited about. And it just, it was a much better Batman solo story in the yeah. comics. If that was its pure focus, that would have been awesome. Yeah, it's like it's like they tried to kill two birds with one stone. Instead, they threw one pea at two birds, and it did nothing. Like, <laughs> I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, but even even like oddly enough, m- my disappointment about the Court of Owls aside, I actually really like this movie. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, but yeah, before we get into it, I guess uh, we'll talk about the the cast additions on this one. So. The big one that surprised me, because uh, he's one of the first, like, first characters you see, uh, the Dollmaker, mm. is voiced by Weird Al. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, isn't that neat? Then uh, we also get uh, my boy Troy Baker in this. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, there he is, Arkham Knight. What's up, my dog? <laughs> yeah, I-, I saw his name on the... Uh... Like the cast list, but I can. What? What? Who did he play? So he's the anytime in the Court of Owls scenes where there's just the dude who's with the Grandmaster, Talon. No, the other dude, like the dude in the suit. Oh, okay, yeah. That's that's Troy Baker. Oh, okay. Anytime I heard him talk, I was like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> His voice did sound familiar to me, but I'm like, it's just some no name dude. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Grandmaster is voiced by. Uh, Robin Downs, who is someone I'm not super familiar with. Um, and by not super familiar with, I mean not at all familiar with, but he's in a bunch of video games. Um, so I we would have heard his voice places. <laughs> but, yeah. And then uh, the Talon is voiced by Jeremy Sisto. And Jeremy Sisto is someone... Again, that I'm not super familiar with. Uh, apparently he was on Law & Order. Some other shows. Um, nothing I've seen, really. I don't know about you, but... No, it's... Uh, there wasn't really anyone on the cast list that really stood out to me much more. Like It was just the main cast that returned from the last movie that I really focused in on. Everyone else was kind of... like Everyone had small roles. Everybody yeah. else, at least. So it wasn't really... All that, uh, hey, all, I didn't care too much about any of that other stuff. Yeah, well, Jeremy Sisto, the the only thing I knew him from when I looked at this was Frozen 2, because he's, like, the dad or whatever. But he, it's not like he has a big role in that. Uh, the other main voice in this who actually did mean something to me, well, two, actually, uh, Thomas Wayne is voiced by Kevin Conroy in a very mm. cool kind of, like, cameo thing. And then I'm sitting here, like... If you could get Thomas, if you could get fucking Kevin Conroy to come in and do this, why is he not just Batman? <laughs> but, um, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the biggest one, though, was very early on in the movie, Bruce is on a date. And I was sitting there and I was like, I know this voice. Who is this lady? And then I, as I was sitting there, I was like, that's Azula. That's Azula's voice. Uh, and it was. It's Grey Delisle. Um, and as soon as I realized it was Azula, I was like, okay, well, she's the villain. <laughs> I Who's Azula? From Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, is that the crazy sister? Yes, yeah, crazy sister. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I can't believe you don't know Azula. My gosh. Sorry, man. <laughs> but yeah, no, Great Delilah is is, is very prominent uh, voice actress. She voices Catwoman in the Batman Arkham games. Um 
She was Azula. She was in Fairly Odd Parents as Vicky. Uh, she was the main character in The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. A bunch of stuff I watched as a kid, essentially. She, she was a voice of my childhood. <laughs> Aww, that's adorable. <laughs> so uh, as soon as I heard her, I was like, well, she's not in this for nothing. So she's obviously going to be very important. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this movie uh, opens up with Damien being a shithead and stealing the Batmobile. <laughs> To go to a, a city called Ichabod, I guess. To try I loved and, it. <laughs> to try and save some kids. Like, at least he's doing something good. Um, yeah. But this was very weird to me in their relationship. Because, like like I mentioned in the last one, I'm more familiar with Damien in the comics. And in the comics, if Dick was Batman, he would certainly treat him like this for a scene. Like, he'd be disrespectful and stuff to, to Dick. But he was, he's not like this with Bruce. Like, he'd be respectful to Bruce. He'd likely listen to him fully. He would just be overly violent to try to impress his father and end up messing up. Like, Damien kind of only stopped listening to Bruce and rebelling after being with him for a while, if I remember correctly. Like, so, like, initially, he would have just been trying to get Bruce's respect so he wouldn't be doing this. So I thought it was strange, but I guess this more fits the Damien they're going for in these movies. I don't know. I don't know what you, I don't know if you thought anything about that or not. Um I think that because of how underdeveloped they were from the first movie as a relationship, it kind of still made sense to me with what they were going for like yeah, Damien's still a rebellious little dick. Um so that made a lot of sense to me. That being said that like that opening sequence was awesome, but towards the end of it you find like they've been doing this together for like a few months now. So I'm like, how are you still doing that after a few months? That doesn't quite make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> hmm? No, I don't know. Um, so like for me, like how is it you're still doing all this after like, uh, what is it? Three, four months. And how is Bruce still letting you? <laughs> yeah, like, why are you still allowed out of the house? <laughs> but yeah, like, I, that's what I wrote, too. Like, pretty much what you said. I said, I guess this is how they wanted him to be. So he's like this to everyone, Bruce included. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I really enjoyed, like, of all the things that was going on in the whole, like, movie, the things I had problems with and stuff, I really liked the intro. Oh, you I know, did, you too. Get, you know, the cool joke Damien makes at the start about like calling the police. My son just stole the Batmobile, and then like the doll maker is super creepy. Yeah, he's like, so that creepy with his brainwashed child minions and stuff. I thought like other than like thinking it was weird, like I also told myself like I even wrote it down like I gotta get used to him being like this, so I'm just gonna let it slide. <laughs> yeah. So like I I just enjoyed the scene for what it was and like I but I did note that when Jamie when Damien chases after the doll maker to try to capture him, uh, despite Batman yelling at him not to, I'm like that's the Damien I'm familiar with. <laughs> like like that's like in the comics he would do that. Um. Then obviously what we see is that like at the end of their little rescue mission and he chases after the doll maker. Um, you know, Damien has a like that mo- one of those moment moments of conflict between like the Raish Al Ghul assassin child and this new Robin that he's trying to be. The whole uh, justice not vengeance comes up quite a few times. 
and he's basically he defeats the doll maker and he's gonna let him go get him arrested do the whole superhero bit but then a talon shows up and rips his heart out yep <laughs> and then takes off and then bruce obviously comes along like moments later and it's just like you did this again you're exactly Raish's grandchild like you're all of these things that you know kind of makes sense that you are you haven't gotten any better and he basically puts him on a timeout at the house and based off like the court of owls story like the 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 comic issues i hated this part weirdly enough like the introduction of like you seeing a talent for the first time hated it yeah i don't know how you felt but like in the comics where it's more of a batman storyline you get the idea like hey Court of Owls is just like this uh, legendary kind of like secret society story that parents would tell their kids uh, in Gotham to be careful at night. And then, you know, even Batman goes and investigates when he's like fresh after his parents have died. He doesn't find anything. He writes them off. And even as he starts investigating them more after he is attacked, he still comes up short. Like they're not really looking for him really he just kind of keeps stumbling into them kind of and then like there's like whole lincoln march stuff that kind of pushes them a little bit more his way yeah but in this movie it's just like oh random talent shows up for no reason it's just like oh we've been following you and i like what i see and be bad i'm like yeah. what it was it, it <laughs> was very weird and i also like i i at this point i was upset because i'm like batman you say you're the world's greatest detective but you see a batarang on the ground and then you assume Damien killed this guy, yet the dude's heart has literally been ripped out. He has a hole in his yeah. back. Like, Damien can't do that, so why would you look at this and go, oh, yeah, Damien did that? <laughs> <laughs> There's no blood anywhere, but yeah. Yeah. I agree. That That is also a little weird. I also, I didn't like that they decided to make another storyline uh, where Damien is fighting over choosing between vengeance and justice. Like, even though the last movie did it poorly, that's still what the last movie was about, and he made the determination at the end not to kill. He chose justice. So, like, let's move on. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I understand. The story they want to tell is that he's once again conflicted, and he seeks another father figure in the, the talent who shows up, but, like, I could have done without it. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it seemed really weird for me, you know, this talent shows up. I think right off the bat, and we're only maybe, like, what, five, ten minutes into the movie, and, like, the talent's like, we've been watching you for a while. How are any of you watching any of these characters? Like, Damien doesn't even have, like, he hasn't even been announced yet as, like, a ward to Bruce. Well, the the court is uh, in that though the court are aware of him. They because they like they have been watching and they know that even though he's not been announced, they know that Bruce has taken another ward. They don't know that it's his like his biological son, but they know that he he's taken on another ward. Like, so they they have been watching and they did note that. But and the thing is, the grandmaster is his girlfriend, right, Samantha? Yeah. So she didn't even know about Damien until, I think, I'm trying to think of the timeline here if they met in the living room before or after the talent incident. That's after, or it's after the talent incident. Yeah. So like the talents apparently have been following them, but that's the first time she 
met him. Well, that's, now, I don't know if that's a yeah. That's not like a. That's not the first time she met. Like it's the first time she met him, but that doesn't mean she wasn't aware of him, because she's obviously yeah. pretending to be this person. <laughs> but and the other thing was okay. Let's say they're following them both for weeks. Neither of them know who the Court of Owls is. Bruce, as far as you know, the story is concerned, thinks they're just a myth and they don't exist. How is it they can follow like these characters around? I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure the Talon even knows Damien's name. It's like, how is it you don't also know that it's Bruce Wayne? That well, that I no, they, but they they don't know that Damien is Robin. They find that out later. Like the Talon finds it out, and then the Talon has Damien reveal himself, which is which is when they put it together, like in the movie. Oh right, right. That was a big deal at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, so they don't they don't know, but they know that Bruce Wayne, because like they they'd be watching Bruce Wayne, they'd know that he has this new ward. Oh, it just seems weird to me. Oh yeah, it's weird, but it, at least in this instance, it's in the movie. <laughs> like it is there. It's just maybe not as well handled as it should have been. Uh, but one thing I did note here that I liked during the date, his date with What's-Her-Face, um, when Bruce shows her the map, it almost looks like Neo-Gotham with the raised streets and the, the taller mm. buildings. I did like that touch. And we do get a nice uh, father-son moment where they decide to watch a movie together. Um, I thought that was cool. But then Damien tries to sneak out again for some reason that I don't really get. Yeah, it was such a nice little moment, only to be ruined by him again trying to break out of the house yeah and then uh i don't want to keep complaining but it's just going to be a lot of this um i don't like that in these movies damien doesn't respect dick because that was like the one constant in the comics is that like in the family that damien doesn't like anyone else really but he respects dick and he listens to dick because dick was his batman and they, they never got to do that in these movies. So, like, he doesn't like Dick, and it just feels weird. And I don't like that I'm saying that he doesn't like Dick. <laughs> like, but, uh. but, yeah. Um, at this point, though, we also get Dick saying that he was the only Robin. So that's confirmation for sure that Jamie and Tim... Or Jason... Jamie. <laughs> Jason and Tim never existed uh, in these universe. Oof. So it, Big it, oof. it just went dick to, dick to Damien. <laughs> but yeah, we get a nice uh, flashback here, Court of Owls flashback, where we learn that Bruce... Um, so if you're not familiar with Court of Owls people, um, it, it's, it's an old like wives' tale or like an old uh, myth in Gotham that the Court of Owls is always watching and they'll send a talon to kill you if you get it step out of line and stuff. And like, everyone knows it. And, like, parents tell it to their kids and stuff, so we get to see Thomas telling this story to Bruce. Uh, and then Bruce, once his parents die, which we have to see again, uh, which I'd, <laughs> I'd be so far never seeing the Waynes die again. Like, I get it. They're, they're dead. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but we get to see Bruce thinks that uh, the Court of Owls we're behind his parents' death, so he investigates it, and then he finds nothing, which is what makes him so insistent that the Court of Owls don't exist, because he could never find them. Uh, which I think is pretty neat. 
but he does find an owl feather on the doll maker's body, which is what ultimately reminded him of the Court of Owls story. And then he goes to the museum and the Hall of Owls, which is interesting that they have a whole hall for owls. <laughs> and then uh, some talons show up and they fight Batman. And uh, I did like that they all had different weapons, especially the homie with the size. I like, I like a good size. Uh, I wasn't expecting the, the talons to be like full zombies, though. Like I more expected like the weird veiny people like from the comic, mm. but they're like legit like zombies that turn into piles of goo in this. <laughs> yeah, I um, I can't remember for sure, but it wasn't until like later on in the story that they actually started using a whole bunch of different talents, like when they assault like Wayne Manor, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. But like early on, um, like I feel like they really jump onto Bruce really quick. And you're right. They're these like, they almost have like a phantom menace kind of thing to them. They're like, yeah, they're basically indestructible unless you freeze them. Like, it's just like this one little random thing that is just like, super easy barely an inconvenience to kind of take them all out yeah yeah it's weird um but like when bruce is fighting one too he like he he straight blows one up and i was sitting there like how first off how did he know from this brief encounter that they aren't alive because he blew one up like that's super murder like even though someone's been like reanimated that's still killing so like what like (laughs) it was a weird thing to happen for me there but um yeah the talents are so like indescript like they're kind of super soldiers but not really but anyways re- regardless i think the fight scene in the uh, in the museum is is really good like i enjoy uh getting to see the different kind of combats and what the talents can do i just think it ends super weirdly when the talents all turn to goo Yeah, it's uh, let's see what mode I put here for. Uh, I didn't really talk about the talents too much, other than just I hated that again. A talent is like it seems more skilled than like Nightwing. I don't know why. Yeah, we also get another flashback that shows that Alfred made Bruce a real weak ass cheese sandwich. And I was just sitting there like, Alfred, come on, man. We rich. What are we doing? What is this cheese sandwich? <laughs> like, come on, dog. What's wrong with this cheese sandwich? He's rich. <laughs> so? Rich people. Man, if I was a billionaire, I'd still eat Kraft Dinner. Yeah, but that's not a cheese sandwich. So? Cheese sandwich is poor people food, dude. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. But Sorry. anyway, <laughs> but then we get Dick. <laughs> Dick is on the phone with Starfire talking about thongs, which becomes like a kind of recurring theme in these movies. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, but it's it's wild. Um, <laughs> uh, Robin somehow too manages to escape from Dick, who was babysitting him, I guess, and he saves a lady from being sexually assaulted, which is nice. But like, holy moly, this movie really like steps up the violence like, and the the sexualization of stuff like wow uh then the talon that we saw earlier shows up 
and he's trying to get Robin to kill the criminals, but Robin's a good boy, and he doesn't. But he decides to go on a fun jaunt with the Talon anyways, because the Talon's like, follow me. He's like, okay. <laughs> sure, I'll do that. Stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> but then we uh, we also get a lot of father-son drama as Damien gets caught sneaking back in, then gets caught sneaking out again. Uh, and he also like kind of overhears Bruce saying that Damien might not have a heart, <laughs> which is harsh uh so damien dips and he goes back to the talon uh meanwhile the court tries to run bruce off the road while he's bruce so i I, at that point i assumed that they either knew who he was or they wanted him for a not batman reason but then we he gets caught and stuff and we learn that they wanted him for a not batman reason yep um we see the (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, do you... What's their motivation in this movie? Do you know? The motivation of who? Like, the court in general. Like, really? Uh, So the court's motivation in this movie is unclear because we never see it. We just see the motivation of the Talon. So I don't actually know. Um, Generally, they... I think, if I had to guess, is like they brought Bruce in because... They realize, like, how important he would be and that they want him as part of the group. Like, they want to put him under their thumb because he's, he's acting up like a fool. But I don't, I don't know, actually. He's going to make he's gonna make some new buildings. Like, that's the thing, man. Like, ugh, this is one of the problems I had with this one versus, like, the comics especially is uh, the Court of Owls just feels like a bunch of one percenters that just want to keep being one percenters. If they got a cool army of super soldier guys, sure, but like, they have no real motivations at all. It seems they have no big plan. It's I mean, just like that. Technically, we're... is their motivation. <laughs> <sighs> but the thing is, like, why? Because they've been operating for so long. Their reasoning for trying to take out Batman seems what's well, kind he's, of pointless he's, in the in the comics. At least he's interfering with their method. So, like, they let the crime and stuff happen. They let crime lords, like, rule this because it, it aids in their goals. Yeah. And then Batman is interfering with that. So if he continues to act, he's going to mess up their whole shtick. Yeah, it just it felt, again, it's one of those things that just felt a little weird where, like, you know, it didn't really seem like it made a whole lot of sense, their motivations, and then all of a sudden, like, bringing in Bruce Wayne, and I get, like, obviously, Samantha show, like, got shown off this whole, like, here's this CGI picture of, like, what I want to do to Gotham. I want to build all these cool buildings and do all this stuff, like, you know, build for the future. And she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. We're going to get some more buildings, <laughs> and let's bring him in. Like, I, I, I don't know. No, I, I agree, though. I think the movie does it very weirdly. Um, and we have no idea. Like, that's why I feel like they should have been given their whole own movie. Because they're kind of cursory to this. Like, they're they're mostly irrelevant <laughs> to the story. Yeah. Uh, but the Grand Master of the Court, um, I've noticed here, I was like, you sound super familiar. Who are you? Uh, and he's in three of the movies that we've already done, funnily enough. Um He's the voice of Harvey Dent in Year One. He is Doomsday in Batman v Superman. And in The Dark Knight Returns, he's Oliver Queen. So that's why that voice sounded familiar to me. <laughs> it's got some range. 
Yes. So we, yeah, we, they want Bruce to join the court. We don't really know why. Um, and then we, Bruce is like, give me some time to, to think about it. But secretly he just planted a bug there and left. Um, then we find out that the court has figured out immortality, as you mentioned, uh, but only so far as that they have to get regenerated every 24 hours or they turn into goo, which we saw also. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, I guess. Um, we then see Damien with the Talon, and I'm very confused by the editing choice here. Uh, they didn't do a very good job expressing that like time had passed. So it looks like Damien called the Talon, then they met up, and then the Talon left to go to the meeting uh, with the Cordiales, and he came back to Damien, and they broke up a mob meeting together. But we then learn later <laughs> that it's been three nights since they've been out going out together and fighting, and if I would have just waited, I would have saw that explanation, but... It was very unclear to me at first. I was very confused for about five minutes as to what was happening. Yeah, it. Um, I, like, what was like? Did they those three days that were happening? What was the Bat Family doing the whole time? Well, apparently, uh, Batman would have, I presume, still be investigating, and Damien would keep sneaking out. <laughs> They're just like, oh, he's gonna keep running out, like running out of here. So we're just gonna like, I'm not even gonna bother looking for Damien. He's just gonna keep leaving, and he's missing for three days. But uh, you know, Damien be Damien. Yeah, it's super strange. <laughs> but then we, uh, during this like little meeting, we get the Talon's backstory, sort of. So he's like a, he was essentially the Robin to like a criminal, and this criminal like bailed on him and then beat him and stuff and then he decided to turn the criminal in or whatever but the talent is using this to try to be like damien this is why you should join me we're mad chilling and he's like he's like oh maybe but then uh batman shows up and he's like quit it <laughs> you leave my kid alone and then town's like you gotta choose robin in another very unearned major decision point um which leads to the fight that you mentioned on the roof is batman and robin fight and batman somehow mostly loses which is wild to me <laughs> yeah like maybe he's just letting him win maybe yeah i don't i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It yeah, it's it seems weird, man. It's like it's another example of Damien being way too big in these couple movies. Yeah. Like you could say maybe that that uh Damien being overly aggressive caught Bruce by surprise cuz he like kind of cuts his wire as they're falling and that's what like makes him lose or whatever, if I remember correctly, but it's still I think a very weird choice. You should have had like it would have felt better if Bruce like beat him a little bit and then Damien left in a huff like yeah or like say some harsh words to each other or something but um we've been discussing it already but this is the point of the movie where they reveal that Samantha is with the court and that she's actually the grandmaster as we see her having a sex scene with the Talon <laughs> 
So I was she, so disappointed in her. She was seeing Bruce. Yeah, che- cheating on Brucey with the Talon? Gross. But like I said, you don't get uh, you don't get Grey Delisle for nothing. <laughs> so, of course, she was the Grandmaster. That makes total sense. Um, we also get a really super dope scene when Batman is in the drug maze. The the whole part where Damien is Batman, like where he sees the future. I love that. I love Damien's Batman costume, where it's a mix of like the assassin costume and the bat suit. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I would have liked to have seen like the whole driven, insane, turn into like the big owl bat thing from the comics. I'm glad they didn't do that personally, to be honest. Like, I know it's probably like taboo to say, but I don't like that part of the comic when he becomes like the weird big owl bat thing, and he's like fighting and like. I didn't mind seeing him, like, going crazy, and then, like, he gets his senses back and he uses his brain to outsmart them. Like, I like all that. But, like, the whole drugged up, I'm an owl thing, I thought was really weird. Well, I don't want, like, I didn't want to see, like, the giant, the giant owl thing that he kind of does, but, like, just seeing him, because he was gone for a couple weeks. Three weeks, yeah. So, like, he's getting, like, tortured in this maze, essentially, for weeks. And, like, seeing his suit slowly falling apart and kind of getting driven a little insane. Like, that was really, really cool. Um, And I I feel like, weirdly enough, this movie could have been a better... Like, if they took parts of, like, Bad Blood and put it in with this one, it probably would have been better. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. This uh, this movie is a bit of a mess, um, even though I still liked it. <laughs> but yeah, so we get while well, Bruce is kind of in this sewer maze. Uh, Damien is getting duped by the Talon, obviously, who has like ulterior motives, and he reveals his face to the court like an idiot. Uh, which Samantha gets upset about because she's like, "This is my." honey's man's or something <laughs> my honey's kid so she's like t- she tells the talon to kill him for some reason and then the talon has second thoughts weirdly enough and he kills all the court <laughs> definitely goes to a different extreme that's for sure like i i really wish this was giving more build-up rather than one like there's maybe what one scene where they kind of express his doubts about this like i know it's a short movie it's only an hour and 10 minutes but come on like, this is it was so stupid <laughs> like, yeah i don't like being told what to do so i'm gonna kill all of you Woo. yeah it's like okay whatever and then first he's probably known those people since he was a kid well no i guess but then he also like he lets them go like he lets samantha go but then he still goes after her and kills her anyways yeah. Like it, it's really weird. It's a very weird scene that again and it's it's something that comes up a lot of these movies that's not earned. Like it because they just they're just doing things. But yeah, it yeah. uh I agree. It's uh, it's they're trying to do that whole cram as much content into this tiny little window as they can to try to make something really great and 
it's just less would be more. Yeah. And so they decide, uh, the movie takes kind of a weird turn here, and they decide to give uh, the Talon Lincoln Marsh's storyline, essentially, from the comic books, like a little bit. So the Talon, he wakes up all the zombies, and he decides to go after Bruce while he locks Damien in a gross tube. So I guess he didn't have doubts about the Court of Owls itself. He just had doubts about being their pawn, which, like, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> but uh, Damien somehow escapes the gross tube with his brain, and he sends Alfred, like, a quick text message to, like, talents on the way, my guy. They don't like cold. <laughs> and then uh, Batman whoops out, like, a mech suit straight out of the Court of Owls comic, and then he says bitches. Like, whoa. <laughs> and we also get a Wilhelm scream here, I think, uh, when Alfred shotguns one of the talents in the face, which is pretty neat. Um, but yeah, then, then the movie pretty much just kind of ends. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, I wasn't. A, I. I was not a fan of the talent attack in the Batcave. For some reason, even in the comic, um, I don't know why. There's no reason not to like it. Like they know who you are now; they're gonna send everything they have against you. But um, it felt a little weird to me. Yeah. Um, and you're right; like it kind of just ends with like, because um, I know there's Court of Owls, and then I think there's Night of the Owls, and some other like. Court of Owls related stuff that takes place after like the main set of story and this one kind of just like mm, and they're beaten and we're on good terms and done yep um yeah so this pretty much ends again with they're trying to make Damien choose um he won't choose so the talent kind of kills himself with a weapon that Damien's holding uh, and Damien decides that he needs to go find himself, so he goes to the Himalayas or something <laughs> to live with some monks. Um, it's very strange. So, like, I'm glad they didn't do the Lincoln March thing because I didn't like that portion of the of the book, like the Court of Owls comic. Like, I know what they're they're trying to go for with Owlman and with like with that character, but. I thought, like, the actual stuff they were doing with it was quite dumb. So I, I'm glad they didn't go there, but they also took parts of it and put it into this movie, and it didn't work. Like, they, were, they didn't provide us any reason as to why uh, the Talon would want to go after Bruce. I mean, maybe the Talon felt a little upset that Damien, like, picked... Bruce over to him. I mean, there's literally no motivation to suggest that's the case, but like, <laughs> maybe. But like, he doesn't really even make that choice yet. Like, he makes he he like makes the decision not to join the Talon after the Talon has already started attacking Wayne Manor, if I remember correctly. Well, kind of, yeah, I guess so. Like, I kind of had the sense that once. Damien kind of unmasked himself and they're like, oh, Bruce Wayne is the the Batman and like all this other stuff. He's He realized he screwed up and realized these guys are probably not the best people for him to get involved with. 
Right. I mean, it's not like he specifically said, I am done with you guys, but he, the groundwork is there to be like, yeah, I made a mistake. These are not the guys I want to be associated with. These are the wrong kids at school to hang out with. Yeah. Um, it, it, it sounds like I didn't like this movie, like when I talked about it, but I actually, I actually think it was pretty dope. Um, like I liked the action scenes and like while watching it, I enjoyed myself. Uh, the court, as we've kind of like stressed throughout this, was not nearly as threatening as they should have been. But I guess that's not what the movie was about. It was supposed to be about a competing father figure, one who is more like Damien was, like, as opposed to Bruce, who is how he wants to be. So there's mm. one who's like, I'll let you be who you've been to this point. And then Bruce is the other one where he's like, I'll, I'll be what you should be. But then Damien decides at the end he wants to figure out who he is for himself and he bounces and then Bruce just lets him? Like, he's ten years old. <laughs> oh, he's tr- he's trusting him. And he even, Bruce even said, like, you're really going to like let him go by himself? And he's like, there's no one on Earth like Damien Wayne. Like, he has routinely shown that he's more than capable of taking care of himself. Yeah. And I actually like that in trusting him, he's just like, look, when I was going through my own stuff um you know i went and i lived with these like monks and they helped me and he like trusts them and damien takes that it's like yeah you know what i probably will like he says he'll think about it but you know like a couple minutes later he goes and you see the monk monastery like oh he's actually listening to his dad and doing that kind of thing yeah it's it's Um, a it's a nice moment but it's still weird like he's still a child (laughs) like yeah well, he's clearly old enough to be taken... Like, Damien says it himself. He's just like, uh, you let me roll around in streets fighting criminals and psychopaths. <laughs> well, he lets... I mean, yeah, but also he lets him because he would do it anyways. <laughs> so he's going to leave anyway. I guess. Whatever. At least this time he kind of trusts him a little bit more to kind of be better. Yeah. All right, anyway, what were your overall thoughts on this movie? Anything that you, you wanted to add or your general? Uh, yeah, I mean, for what grapes I have, I, I enjoyed it. I liked seeing the continuation of the Batman and Damien uh, growth that's kind of going on there. It was definitely handled better in this one than the first one that we talked about. Um, I definitely hate pretty much everything that they did with the Court of Owls, even though a lot of it is similar to the source material. It's just the execution was poorly done. The voice work from like the main cast of characters I thought was still stand out. I still liked Damien. I still like Batman. Uh, he seems less tired, perhaps, but I do agree Like, there's not much distinction between his Bruce and his Batman. It's basically the same guy. Um, other than that I'm, it was a good time like for what it is like uh, I'm not too like it doesn't take much to satisfy me or kind of keep me happy with how a movie kind of runs and this did the job well enough it just sucks that I had recently enough read and enjoyed the Court of Owls books that it kind of soured this movie a little bit more for me than it should have yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's fair um cast wise like like i said like i i 
tried very hard not to comment on Damien. If you see my notes, there's a lot of points where I complain about him, like the voice actor. But I was like, I, I, like I got my point across <laughs> in the first one. I'm not going to harp on about it. <laughs> so, But I don't much care for him. Uh, I still don't. Um, I think he's recasted, isn't he? In, uh, is it Bad Blood or is it Hush? Is uh, he even in Hush? In bad, in no, he's still, it's still him in Bad Blood. And then it's he's still in Hush, but I think he only has a cameo in Hush. Like, so he's right. not in it a lot. Yeah, he's in that cool date scene on the car. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care for him as I've as I've said. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that's that's those two movies. Um, uh, we may not have made them sound uh, too great, but. Uh, they're still they're still a fun watch. Uh, I don't think they're as good as the comics for them. Um, and they're it's it's kind of what you could expect from an animated movie, and you just get to see some of what you love in the comic books brought to the screen, and and they're fun rides. But that's that's pretty much about it. But uh, yeah, so those are those, and we should be back for the next two. Um, Next week, or the next episode, will be the next two movies, the final two movies we talk about, which are Bad Blood and Batman Hush. So I'm looking forward to those because, like I mentioned, I'd never seen Batman Blood and I've never seen Batman Hush. And uh, at this point in time, I've seen Batman Blood. I have Bad Blood. I have not seen Batman Hush yet, so I need to go finish watching that and, and before we talk about it. So goodbye and have a nice uh, almost Christmas, I guess. Woo! Peace.